0: Hello, everybody. This is Josh Wagar, and welcome to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come and tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will, too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. And so, this morning, we are joined by Brother uh, Jason Holt, and I'm excited to have you on today, Brother. Thanks for being
1: here. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yes, me too. So with that, let's dive right in with question one and tell us a little bit about you and your family and your field.
1: Well, my name is Jason Holt. I'm married. We have three children and they're 17, 14, and 13 years of age. And we're church planners in Chile, working in the capital city of Santiago.
0: Wow. How long have you been there for?
1: We've been here now let's see in South America since 2003 so a few years now yeah Yeah. going on I guess a little 17 years
0: yeah I I guess that kind of marks the the age of your oldest so that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs)
1: there you go she was 28 days old when we left for the field
0: wow I thought that mine was young when she came and she was just over a year so I will take okay just a minute okay just a minute um yes I will do that all right, for those of you listening, welcome to my four-year-old daughter asking me to dress her dolls as well. So, all right. Um, <laughs> question number two. For you, what is one of your favorite parts or the best part about being in missions?
1: You know, I think the, the most exciting thing is seeing lives changed. You, seeing people that, that are completely bound by sin or are deceived by false teachings and Catholic Church is very prominent here. And, and seeing where people start to, to what God does through them, and then they're serving the Lord in some of these new church plants, that, that's definitely the most exciting thing.
0: For sure. Yeah, definitely. So with the reverse of that, then not, not necessarily even the reverse, but um, what is one of the more challenging aspects of missions that people may have thought of or maybe have not thought of?
1: In our particular context, so South America has been predominantly Roman Catholic for for several centuries. In the last maybe fifty years or so, you have a very quickly growing um, prosperity gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic movement. And so, I think that one of the biggest challenges is to clarify what the truth is and people that assume when I start, you know, discussing the Bible, they already think they know, you know, what, who I am or what I'm saying, but helping people to understand, no, we just, we just study the Bible. We're just following God's word, not God's word plus emotions or God's word plus traditions or God's word plus, you know, some kind of prophetic revelation or whatever it may be. And so that's probably one of the biggest challenges we have uh, here in Chile
0: that's interesting. The opposite side of the world is a lot of the same issues of just, you know, people think that they know the Bible and then, you know, but it's a workspace thing or, or anything, you know, so yeah, it's a challenging aspect. Thanks for sharing that with us. So um, question four then, who are some missionaries that are doing some awesome work like you guys that have got to be on this podcast?
1: I would definitely suggest David Gardner, He's in Peru, good friend of mine, doing a great work there. Kevin White is in Bolivia, and God's using him in a special way. Our other neighboring country, Argentina, I would definitely suggest talking with Patrick Henry. There's three guys in three neighboring countries here to Chile that are doing a great job, and you ought to get to know.
0: Awesome! I cannot wait to reach out to them and, Lord willing, have them on the podcast. So that'll be good. Uh, that'd be good. All right, question five, the big one everybody's waiting for. Um, Go ahead and take three to five minutes and just tell us a story that means something to you.
1: You know, I remember when we started our first church, Iglesia Bautista Fe Faith Baptist Church, back in 2005 after we had gone through language school and all of that. And we had been praying, asking the Lord to bring people in. And one of the young men that came that day, his name is Pancho. Pancho came, he wasn't the typical on the outside didn't look like the typical teenager that would be interesting coming to the first service of a church plant. He was all dressed in black leather and some heavy metal t-shirt and had headphones in, kind of, you know, with his hair covering up uh, the headphones, but you could hear the music as, as he was there. And I think he came because his mom drug him to church. And Buncho, as the church was launched and we started having weekly services, he started coming around his parents didn't come back after that first service, but Buncho would, maybe once or twice a month, he would show up, always dressed the same way, always with the music and the headphones, and sometimes he would take them out during the service, sometimes he wouldn't. <laughs> and, and I'm you know, thinking, why are you even here if you're not gonna listen? <laughs> and, and that went on for not just months, but it went on for years. For years, where we had Buncho showing up, it started out about 14. Um, by the time he's graduating high school, he's still kind of on the the same kind of uh, path. Once or twice a month, he would typically show up. We tried to follow up with him. He had made a profession of faith along the way, but just really didn't 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 give his life to the Lord in the sense of I want to know You, follow You, serve You. He didn't take many steps after after that step of salvation and we were praying for him. Well, we had a team camp in 2010 and he by then was a a freshman college student, but he went along on the team camp. And during that week, God got a hold of his heart and he decided I've been living for self and living for money and all these things that I wanted to do, but I know that God has a purpose for my life and I just wanna live the rest of my life for him. We came back to Santiago, started coming to church, Every service that we had, he started growing, got involved in discipleship. He started seeing the change on the outside of everything that was going on on the inside. And it was probably six or seven months after that that he came and talked to me and he said, you know what, I think God's putting something inside of me that I can't can't ignore. And I think maybe God wants me to be a preacher and I want to know what you think about it. And... Of course, I was, you know, very excited. Uh, at the same time, oh, ye of little faith, always think, this guy's never going to do anything for the Lord. And here he is, you know, talking about wanting to be in the ministry. And um, needless to say, he went, went back to his parents in the following weeks and said, hey, I'm dropping out of the university. I'm going to go to the Bible college this missionary has his parents, they were furious. They threatened to kick him out of the house. His grandfather, who was paying all the bills for college, said, you're not part of the family. I don't wanna to talk to you ever again. And a bunch of had to decide, am I gonna follow what God's putting in my heart or will I go toward what my, my family wants? And he decided to follow Jesus and dropped out of university, started preparing for ministry. Thankfully, his parents didn't kick him out of the house. And Pancho and I, about five years ago, went and started a church together, and he's pastoring a church in Chile, doing a great job. And that—that's one of my favorite stories, no doubt, of of how God can take the the impossible situation and do something just for His glory.
0: Wow, that—that's encouraging. I think really for anybody that's listening, it should be encouraging. But um, if you're a missionary today listening, and I know for me, I think we all have those people, you know, that you just think. Not that there's no hope, you know, like I hate to say it that way, but just that it's like, okay, it's gonna take a miracle, but that is so, I can see why that's your favorite story. That's a thrilling account of what God can do. So Amen. um, thanks for sharing that with us. It really means a lot and it was encouraging to me. So thank you.
1: Okay.
0: Um, Then number six, as we kind of wrap up then, do you have any language or cultural blunders that you're willing to share with the world?
1: (laughs) I have quite a few. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. <laughs> let me tell you quickly two one just happened this past week uh so i'm preaching a message and we're doing everything digitally because here there's the the restrictions against meetings so we're recording ahead of time and i wanted to use the word oh, what is it in in english vaccine vaccine and it's a word that i hardly ever use a vaccination and i used it in spanish in spanish is vacuna but instead of saying bacuna, I said bacuno, which is the word for basically beef or for like a beef cow. And so I'm talking about if you get this beef cow, then you'll be, you know, uh, I don't know. It was it was crazy. Um, during the message, one of the guys that, that I work with texted me a little a little picture of a cow and just a little smiley face underneath it, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> the first time I preached in Spanish. Uh, the missionary I was working under, he said, "Have you ever done the Lord's Supper?" And I said, "No. You know, I just came out of Bible college, went to deputation, and came to the field." He's like, "Okay, I want you to do your first full message in Spanish with the Lord's Supper." <laughs> so there's like two difficult things. And as I'm up there with the with the you know the the cup of grape juice, and I'm talking in a Catholic context, really trying to explain it thoroughly, and you, you would say Hugo de uva. That's grape juice. But I said jugo de oveja, which is sheep's juice. And no one corrected me. And I must have said it like six or seven times. You know, here, this is sheep's juice that represents Jesus' blood and what he did for us on the cross. And afterwards, they accused me of inventing a new doctrine or maybe bringing Jesus, the Lamb of God, and how he, I don't know, maybe it worked together, but that was it.
0: I wish we could have a blooper reel of our missions life you know just like these moments of, i can't believe i did that or said that so yeah uh, all right well the title of this podcast will either be how beef cures coronavirus or sheep's juice is good for communion so one of the two
1: there you go two good options
0: so, hey, thanks for sharing that story with us. Just, it's good to have a laugh and to see that we're all regular folks. So.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share a bit about what guys doing here.
0: Yeah, amen, amen. Um, if people want to stay up to date with your story, what is the best way that they can do that?
1: Best way? You can find me on Facebook. Just search Jason Holt, and that's probably the place where we're putting out the most updated day-to-day information. And if you'd like to get our email, you can shoot me an email at holt at biblicalmissions.com. And I'd be glad to add you to our newsletter list and keep you up to date with what's going on here in Chile. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, giving us your time and telling us these awesome stories. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for what you're doing. Keep it up.
0: Oh, thank the Lord. So. All right. For those of you listening, thank you so much for joining today. This has been Josh Weygaard with Brother Jason Holt in Chile, and you've been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast.